0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Welcome to Off the Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport.
2: Yes, hello and welcome to Off the Bench NRL. This is Scotty Sattler. Jason Matthews away at the moment. He's over in Bali. And, uh, well, it's been a big week, hasn't it? It's been all about the BBL final, of course, and also Vegas round one or round zero for the NRL continues to ramp up as we get closer to that. So what we do this week on Sports Day, well, we sat down with Toddy Carney, former M winner of 2010. He really opened up actually about not only his career, uh, those coaches that had a really good influence on his life, the players as well, but also reflecting on post-career is now, now that he's a, he's a father and a, a man who's uh, got a very young family. So that's a really good and an interesting chat. So make sure you stick around for that. Also, we spoke with Broncos coach Kevi Walters. He is just one of the great guys of rugby league. He provided us with a, an update on his skipper, Adam Reynolds, who was injured throughout the week, and how the side is preparing for Vegas. Plus, we caught up with one of the other great guys in rugby league, Sharks coach Craig Fitzgibbon. But before we go any further, it's now time for The Dig. The segment thanks to Sherlock Wilbarrows. View the range at sherlocklastlonger.com.au. Now, what am I having a dig at this week? Well, I think it's an obvious one this week. Uh, Mine's all about Australia Day. And, of course, the Cricket Australia and Tennis Australia, the Australian Open, and many that want – I shouldn't say many. I think there's a minority that really want to change the date at the moment or don't want to celebrate Celebrate. Australia Day. Of course Woolworths is involved in that. I think it's ludicrous and at the moment Australia Day is the date that it is. There's no need to change it right now but if we do need to change it, let's still celebrate the day that celebrates people who have become Australians on on that day as well. And we celebrate the Australian of the Year, all those nominees. There's so much that's good about Australia Day. I just like, I want to I keep it that date but if they change it for the right reasons, well I'll still be proud to be an Australian. So what do you think? Uh, from the job site to your backyard, that's the dig. Lighten the load with Sherlock, available at Bunnings. We caught up with Toddy Carney. Here's
3: that chat. There's a bigger advantage for the Blues, losing their number seven.
2: Former Cronulla winger, Dean Carney. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> he did play for Cronulla. He was also 2010 Dally M winner, Toddy Carney. How are you, Tony?
4: A little bit nervous on the Wayne scene right on the, the door, so uh, good welcome. Yeah, no, good to have you here, actually, because
2: a lot to talk to you about. We're going to talk about your career, just generally what we like to do tonight, which is I'm going to get through some of the segments really soon and get you to join into those as well. Also, you've signed on another year, going to coach...
3: The Byron Bay Red Devils.
4: Yep, got the mm. Red Devils, got Maddie's son, Jack, coming down this year. So, big, signing. So, big signing. Big signing. I'm,
3: I'm looking forward to getting down there to watch them go around. It's a good Sunday afternoon. Spend, a, spend the weekend down in Byron. Watch, We've got a lot of listeners in the Northern Rivers as well, mm. so
4: yeah. Be
3: good. How's the team shaping up, Toddy?
4: We're getting there. I took the job late, so I was a little bit um, chasing our tails a little bit, but um, help getting Jack will help. Um, just got to sign a few forwards. Off to PNG next week to try and bring a few back over. So he's recruiting oh. in country. <laughs> can no can I just say, down, like,
3: it? is there like, uh, there's any footy players out there? Any front rowers? Uh, Toddie's looking for some for front sure, rowers. Yeah. Go live in Byron. <laughs> yeah. Live in Byron Bay. Yeah. Play for the Red Devils. Yeah. Get a good crowd down there for the game. We yeah. do get a
4: good turnout. It's yeah. always um, busy on the hill, especially when you play against the bigger clubs. Mm. Um, they always bring a good crowd and. It gets fiery. Share it to you, afternoon. Ballina. Yeah, Ballina. They always beat us. <laughs> no, no, it's
3: not happening next year. Yeah. Or this year. Actually, i get you
2: to think about this. Also for the listeners, 0457 or 736, 736 or double three for our Kiwi listeners. We'll talk about local footy. I mean, mm. the grassroots footy. There's always yeah. scandals or funny stories that come out of And I was there reading is. something over the weekend. I sent it to you guys. I was just telling Toddy about it. And um, there's all these things going up. I think it was NRL Roast, wasn't it, Daddy Vass? Yeah. It was, so everyone yeah. was sending in their stories about local footy scandals. Mm. There's a couple of, there. There's a guy that in the early 90s used to play rugby union before it turned professional. He played both codes every weekend. Um, but he had to register his league contract under another name, and his name was Mitch Buchanan, who, of course, is from... Baywatch. Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this one, I couldn't believe this one. But a player used to crap himself Mm. before the game so the opposition didn't want to tackle him.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah.
3: That, 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 that is something that that that's gone around. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've never heard that before. I've
4: got one um, I won't mention his name. But no, no, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mention his name. He signed it at the Roosters the year I did. Um, he was a hooker. <laughs> what about all the listeners doing the yeah, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he scored a try at his previous club, he jumped the fence and clapped himself. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, he used to wreck, it. he said, he used to go to the toilet before the game, not a number one, number two, and not wipe his backside. <laughs> He was in
3: the middle of the screen. Mate, I did tackle him a few times. I didn't oh, get I think I did get a bit of a whiff from time to that's time. That's
4: horrendous. Mm. That's the worst
2: I've heard. So I
4: won't mention his name <laughs> Yeah. It's
3: pretty much there for you. So any local footy
5: scandals doesn't matter it's play.
2: rugby, AFL, cricket, rugby league, send it in zero four, five, seven, seven three, six, seven three six or double eight double three. So tell us the story. Wasn't it was it a year that Greg Bird, who... Right. No. You said just takes everything as serious well, like it's well, World man, War Three. And
3: I went and watched him play for Southport and nearly decapitate about four kids he was playing against uh, a couple of years ago. He just he's out for on. And, you, and you'll remember we spoke to Linny uh, of oh, the Carl Col- Col- Webb Col- yeah. Charity game. We asked him who, who took it seriously. He goes oh, Greg Bird. Yeah. Wanted, <laughs> wanted to kill people. Didn't he play in the night? Non- was it last
2: Did year? Last year, last year? The,
4: yeah. So with the first game we we played against um, a Brisbane team and. Uh, had a few big islands and he, I could see him before the game. He goes, I'm going to take one of these blokes heads off. <laughs> First tackle of the game. He just spears in, comes out, split across his head like a horseshoe. Yeah. Goes up to Ravenna Hospital, gets it stitched up, comes back down a few hours later and we'll just about play our last two games. And he was about to run on. He was that team to get back <laughs> oh, <out> mate. He <laughs> oh, uh, He loves
3: he's it. A, he is a unit. He absolutely yeah. loves it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, also, this tonight.
0: Ugh, yeah. Like it or lump I've, it as
3: well. I'm still not loving that intro. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's yeah. horrible. I love it. I love it. Hey, Daddy Vash rang me today, actually he goes, you know that like it or lump it. You know the, the noise that girl makes. And I said, yeah. He goes, it was Elaine off Seinfeld, wasn't nah, it? No, no Harry. Mine. When yeah. Harry met Sally. The cafe
3: scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. i have probably got it
2: wrong. Mm, also, we'll know. try and fit tubes into the show. Come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, a little that's bit That's ridiculous.
4: On. There's got to be an investigation oh. into this. This has got to be. Someone's got to be a camel for this. Yeah, so,
2: if you've got any that's ridiculous or like it or lump it, as well, send it through on the text line. Hey, Rat D. Oh, Rat D for attendance. Rabbit Burrow
3: tomorrow. <laughs> no, well, I, I come when I'm required. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I've got an A for attendance, Rabbit Burrow. I'm, I'm here now. Uh, I've got asked to come when I'm here. Um, look, I'd come more, but I've just got to speak to the powers that be. I'm, yeah, It's not in the budget. It's not in the budget.
2: Wow, so I, I might give up some of
3: my salary to. Uh, oh, you. mate, you're such a team player, Sats. Sats, as you know, I'm a big audio
2: of uh, podcast while, while I'm exercising. Steve from Dubbo says, but I stumbled on the James Graham podcast, the Todd Carney episode, was outstanding
3: yeah yeah i 'll second that I, yeah. I I loved it listen to that, and I guess yeah you know, just touching on that um you, you talked a lot about you know growing up like you as a you grow into a man we're you, young kids when we start playing footy, and you, you think you know you can 't you 're bulletproof and you can do whatever you want and you 're still playing, but you certainly got a different attitude to it all now yeah
4: yeah definitely, and uh it took me a long time to obviously grow up with the stuff that i have done throughout my career. But I had to realize to grow up fast after I'd finished because a loss of identity and and then trying to struggle where you fit and what you want to do for work. And then obviously with my employment now, working with young youth and then having a partner and a son, I just couldn't do the things I was doing. So Mm. I had to grow up real quick. Otherwise it was going to spiral out of control real quick. And I'm glad I did. It's the last 10 months has changed my life and it's. Things like this, I wouldn't have been in this position to even sit in here Mm. to talk because I wouldn't have put myself out there because I I was, I don't know, I just wouldn't have been there. Just opportunity wouldn't have arised. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lifelong life change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mate, I I read something today. There was an article that just came out. I sent it across to you. Sat's about the importance of, of community sporting clubs and what they do for people and for young men, particularly in their mental health. Now, now I know you had had some dark times. What what did go, going back to those community clubs and playing? You were down in Goulburn, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What did going back to a clubs like that do for you? When you know you couldn't play at the level that you know you, you 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 were certainly you know had the ability to. But what did it do for you mentally to go back to those sort of clubs and be a part of that sort of community?
4: Well, when I left Canberra in two thousand eight, and then got my visa declined to go to the UK for two thousand nine, I moved to Cairns, lived in a pub worked in the pub the and, atherton table yeah, atherton atherton Roosters. Roosters, yeah and that was just obviously it made me the love of the game to come back um and it was a challenge to be out of my comfort zone um previous that year my dad had passed away so, so to get away from a family to live in a pub and then work in a pub and then play bush footy on a weekend just seeing the passion from the, the, the supporters the fans and then obviously the guys that are playing that have been working all day slugging it out in the uh, lumping bananas and then turn up to train and play. Mm. Just the passion they have for it made me realise that, that how lucky we are to play the game we did and, yeah. and what you get from it.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of good people in rugby league, isn't
0: there? <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, man,
3: I mean, you just, you know, we, we had, and, 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 you know, we're, we're talking about liking or lumping. What I'm lumping at the moment is like every six or, you know, three to six months, about 50 Cronulla crew come up from Cron- from, from down at Cronulla for a 50th or, a, mm. you know, a 40th and, you know, it's, it's, it's three days of, you know, fun and frivolity and all that sort of you stuff. You never grow I, up. Yeah. I'm, I'm lumping that. I think <laughs> can I do this once every couple of years? Like, but it just you just realise the friendships you make, the connections, they, they, they last a lifetime. It's a pretty mm. special environment that we've got to be a part of, all of us. Yep. Mm.
2: Yeah, you're right. I'm like I'm liking I'm liking Toddy's story. It's good. I'm it's awesome. it. We're going to hear more from Toddy. <laughs> Scotty Sattler, Matty Rogers back in the seat as well, and Woogie would be listening in some place called Lomboken or oh, some island. Is, is yeah. that what it's called, Toddie?
3: Lomboken. Lombokan.
2: Because Toddy he's an he's basically a native of
4: <laughs> of Bali. What
2: well, you've got a you've got a, a Airbnb a yellow, up there. A,
4: Airbnb, and a tattoo shop.
2: Actually, on tattoos, Daniel from Prairie Wood, you've, you've stolen my my thunder here, listening on the Sen app. Between Rat and Todd, is there any room for a spare tattoo? There's oh. enough ink to supply a stationing across the <laughs> office, work, office works across the nation. I do
3: have a bit. Um, who who I between think the pair I think has more tattoos? I think has got me covered.
4: I, I, got a t- I, I used to copy Rat's tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I when he first got the, the dice and the flames. Yeah,
3: yeah. Have you got anything on your legs, Rat? Uh, just my calves. No. But I'm, I'm actually going to get this portrait done on my thigh here of my dad and my brother and I, which is by this tattoo which is just brilliant with portraits.
2: Is your brother going to have a... Cowboy hat on?
3: No, no. Yeah. It's when we were kids. But it's just you got to have the portraits done when the sun doesn't hit them. So it's uh yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it.
2: Oh, I think he's got you. I'm looking at his legs. Oh yeah, he's got yeah, me. Yeah, he's got me. Yeah, he's got me. What's the arrow on the inside of your thigh? What's that? <laughs> I've just got little ones, hopeless ones
4: in the. Hour. Is it? They're too painful to get. Is there one ones. on your body, oh.
2: toddy That that you sort of look at it and go,
4: what did I get that for? Yeah.
2: Oh, this I've got heaps of thing those. thing on my right
4: shoulder. I remember the first day I turned up at 17 years old at the Raiders when I'm a first pre-season. Were
2: you clean then?
4: I was clean. clean skin, yeah. And then turned up this dirty thing on my fat arm. <laughs> and they just looked at me and like, didn't say nothing, just looked and shook the head. I was like, uh, what are you doing? Who was the coach right then? Matty Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Simon Wolford gave me a pasting. Ryan O'Hara gave it to me for the rest of the time he was at the club. It was just, I don't know, I don't know why. The things you do, eh? Yeah, oh. the things you do.
2: And here's me and Daddy Vass. No tats at all. No. Oh, have you got a tat? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You've got oh, like a barley you. leaf or something. Yeah. Is that a
3: Barbie doll? Oh, no. It's a barley leaf. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, so, Toddy, let's talk about you a little bit in relation to the 2010 year. Dalian medal winner of the year. The Roosters go on a run and get beaten by the Dragons in the grand final. What was the difference from 2010 to, I mean, you had a great career, over 200 games and played for your country, state of origin. But 2010 was something different because you spent some time at fullback. Is there anything else that changed?
4: Um, Well, like I said, in 2009 I spent a year in Cairns. Mm -hmm. Signed at the Roosters when Freddie was the coach and obviously was really really looking forward to that. That year he got um, punted and then Brian Smith took the job. And turning up to the Roosters like anyone when you first had a year off, I had my doubts and um Smithy's my first interview with Smithy was he said I'm gonna play at fullback
2: had you ever played fullback Never at played fullback? NRL
4: yeah. no, but I played like a fullback when Jason Smith was at Canberra mm. so I swung from right to left and that's what Smithy said he goes I think you'll be good enough my first question was what about Minnie? and then he said to me well, what about Braith he's the captain of the club like if you think you're gonna come in and play six like so I just said to him look if that's where you want me to play I'll do whatever I can and um Brian's son, Rowan Smith, helped me me so much. He's got a good brain, Um, Rowan Smith. And then after Christmas in 2009, so it started 2010, Smithy sat me down and pretty much gave me a blunt message. He told me to get off the piss. Um, Didn't want me to drink at all. And a lot of the boys at the club that year were doing the same thing. And we we swore off it. Uh, We didn't drink. Um, That was probably a big thing. But just... Just focusing on footy, knew that I had a job to do in front of me. I had to challenge myself to get better because I'd never played fullback and, and just trying to prove myself back, had a point to prove. Um, and as you said, we went on to, we got beat in the grand final. You had them at
3: half time. I thought you were going to get them. Yeah. yeah. Dragons. Um, a few, uh, few yeah.
4: errors in the first half, Their first two tries, one was a forward pass and uh, Brett Morris's foot was out the other one. But they just rolled us in the second half. Like I thought coming up in half time, we were in the box seat. Oh, yeah. They just stormed through us. Uh, Jamie Seward's kicking game. Um, Gasnier and Matt Cooper just burn us on the edges.
3: Well, it, uh, it you know, you, you certainly made a difference because in 2009, that rooster's side got the wooden spoon. Yeah, so, they did too, yeah. yeah you, you, mm. I mean, it's I think it's, it was the first time a side's gone from the wooden spoon to the grand final. He's a little
2: bit like that Brian Smith, wasn't he? From all reports, he was... Um, I remember Gordon Tallis saying he's the best coach he's ever had, but he's also the worst coach he's ever had because... He, he, Very he would, detail
3: orientated. For two or
2: three years, it'd be great, and then year four, your head would be just full of so mm. much information. You didn't know whether you could look left or right. He was
4: just a lot of skills. So we didn't do, have a big preseason of running. we will just heaps of skills, and obviously they'd burn us out. But fun. One thing I always noticed of Smithy, he was never at the start of the sessions. you would always hide, hide, hide in the trees, watching to see <laughs> blokes what they were doing before they like, before they started. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with Smithy. He got a lot out of me. Obviously, moving me to fullback was was a challenge, but I played probably some of the best football there. Um, but then, after 2010 season, me and him had a bit of a falling out, and it obviously was looking back on it now it was my fault. Mm. Um, but for a while, I blamed him because he just pretty much put put it straight to me: He's that you you, you got to earn what you deserve to get get further. And um, at that point in 2011, I wasn't wasn't working hard to get anything. It's
2: so. a big thing you know when you retire retiring, you mature and like you're saying you look back at it and go you know what I think it's I think it was my fault. Oh it's yeah. a, it's a big
4: admission.
3: Oh yeah. Isn't it? I oh, I mean I think we've all had times in our career when you, you know you're not actually like you're yeah. there based on what you've done not yeah. not because yeah. of the hard work you're doing yeah. and yeah. you know you get called out on it and it's easy to get your back up but as you get older you think yeah no you're right. Yeah you're right. Yeah yeah. Mate uh, Origin debut what did it mean to you and and how did you feel you know stepping onto the Origin arena? You came in against that
2: one of the greatest, yeah. well, probably the greatest origin period. We'll never, we'll never probably see it again.
4: Yeah. yeah. So in 2012 was obviously, I thought I was going to get a chance in 2010 with my form, but didn't. Then it come when I got to Cronulla, um, and it was obviously a relief. It was something that I'd always wanted. And um, I remember the first camp weeks camp was obviously with well, us a lot of talk about the Queensland team and and are we going to be the team that breaks it and and all that stuff. But I remember the f- the first game in Who Melbourne. Was the coach? Ricky Stewart. Okay, yeah. Um, the first game in Melbourne, um, just before warm up, someone goes to me, "You gonna get, you gonna get changed?" I was sitting there, just like in a daze because, because I was obviously soaking it all in. Everyone's got their shorts and socks on, ready to go. I'm still sitting in my suit, <laughs> 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 and I played like that. Yeah, I played it, like that. It just went so quick. I had a, a penalty early in the game, missed it, um, and didn't find touch. So it was, it was, yeah, it got me straight away. Um, and obviously found my feet. I only played the one year, which is... Just
2: slaps you in the face. Oh, it's hard. Yeah.
3: Yeah. First tackle
4: was like, like I'd never been tackled before. It was like stars everywhere. Uh, Mm. But yeah, it was was a dream come true. And obviously I would have liked to play plenty of more. But um, yeah, I just didn't pan out that way.
1: Welcome back. This is Off The Bench Summer Edition.
6: Smith. Fleck pass from Jason Smith finds Kevin Walters. Walters is into space. He's going to score. Kevin Walters. He's scored the first
1: try here in Origin 1, and he's put it down again in Origin
2: 3. Oh. Kevin Walters and Jason Smith. And what about Rambis Warren?
3: Yeah. It's good to hear that. Good thing, stuff,
2: good stuff. Welcome back to the show. Satson Rad here for Sports Day on a Wednesday night, and we teased him a little bit earlier on, and he's on the line here. Brisbane Broncos coach had a, had a very good t- 2023, and that man is Kevin Walters. How are you, Kebby?
6: Ah, uh, great things, chaps. You, you went a long way back in the vault to pull that out. not yeah. was that television back in those <laughs> days, or just
3: radio. The radio, radio, mate. Just radio and the wireless. Yeah. How you been, mate? How's the uh,
2: How's the Walters' Christmas? Do all the uh, five brothers get together or? No,
6: well, we've got our own families now. So I've, uh, Billy's got one child, a mm-hmm. son. Billy, so I've got two grandchildren, and Jack. He's got a little uh, daughter as well. So. We have our own little um, Christmas now. And I generally catch up with the, my own brothers sort of before Christmas, or we were actually down the coast and had a couple of days down there together, um, yeah. sort of late November, which was great. Yeah, really good to catch up with them all.
3: How good's being a grandfather? I'm a grandfather now too, but um, did, did it soften you up? Did, yeah, did, it, did it soften you? <laughs>
6: Yeah, um, Hugo's he's a mad Bronco supporter, obviously, and like he just butter wouldn't melt in his mouth as far as I'm concerned. And <laughs> the great thing about being a grandparent is you can you can just hand him back at the end of the day <laughs> yeah, or the next it's morning. Good you fun, know. Isn't it? But it's always bad and, and, and Hallie, she's beautiful too. She's nine months old, so um, yeah, it's, it's it's great when we all get together, and particularly with the with the grandkids, they're, they're beautiful.
2: You mm-hmm. hope that one of them doesn't become like Wayne's young bloke, Justin, and wear the opposition jersey every
3: time. <laughs> every time you're up <laughs> Spend most of his time in the opposition uh, sheds chasing
0: jerseys. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, well, that was a big trade of uh, big Justin, Justin. But, yeah, um, we'll make sure that whatever team we're coaching or whatever team we're playing with, they're, they're on board so yeah, 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 as as
3: that's going. all good mate so we had the grand final in october had internationals so a bit of a disrupted off-season given um, the quality of the players that you had on board has it been difficult to juggle
6: no it hasn't been difficult i mean you want to be involved don't you you
3: want your mm. players
6: involved in the end of season games as long as you can and we went all the way to the grand final obviously and then we had you know four or five players involved in the internationals which again it's great for them and great for their development as well so yeah i'm all for that we, we do have a shortened prep uh this pre-season but you know i, I think um most cl- you know most of the, the stronger clubs do every year have that shortened prep so um we just work at them harder and stronger and faster and all that stuff that we say um and particularly this year as well with the the early premiership round over in in vegas uh that's made things a little bit trickier as well but we're, we're okay with it and we're really excited to be. Heading to the US, of course.
2: Yeah, of course. Now, in your first address to the playing group, Kevy, when you get everyone back on board, and um, after going down last year in the grand final, is it mentioned at all in in your first address, or yeah. do you let the playing group just control it?
6: No, no. We got uh, when we first all got back together in, in January, first day back, we we um, watched. We didn't watch the whole game, but we watched highlights and watched some things that you know we we thought we did. Uh, really well, some things that we feel like we need to improve as well, you know. And and the wash up was, you know, two two things: the unforced error is that we we put pressure on ourselves in that first half. Um, you know, I think Penrith came up with one handling error, and we had oh, I think ten or eleven. Uh, the second half we got better and got going, but then uh, once we were, you know, Penrith started to come back at us, we sort of stopped playing footy
5: mm-hmm. and
6: just went into our shell, which you know just tried to hang on rather than actually go out and get after the game and win it like they did for that period in, in the first 20 minutes, you know?
3: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how your boys bounce back, Kevy, because you've you got a lot of young guys and yeah. they, you see they're sort of bulletproof at that age. You? Like you, As it happens, that the older you are in your career, the more it hurts, the more you think about it. I think these young blokes, they've got memories right. like goldfish. They sort of forget it and move on. Yeah, that's right. Mm.
6: Well, the more we have like goldfish, the better because you, you do have to move on, Matty. And, you you know that's a great point you make. The older you are, the more you sort of hang on to because your, your chances of getting back to that stage are limited, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, that's, I don't feel that's going to be the case for us. You know, we, we, we believe we've got a you know, really strong squad again this year and we expect to do well uh, this season as well.
3: Yeah, mate. Now we saw a little bit of uh, vision of Adam Reynolds at training on the week, uh, during the week. He, he looked like someone shot him from the bloody, from the side on, from the grassy knoll. He well, we, Mate, I-, I thought you were going to have to amputate his leg the way he was hopping <laughs> off the field, but they, t- they tell me it's not too bad.
6: No, he's okay. Yeah, he's fine. Um, just basically twisted his, his ankle. It's not a syndesmosis or anything like that, so yeah. um, we expect him to be back to... It. Well, he's he's running straight lines now the last couple of days, but he won't join the group until next week. Uh, and, yeah, he's fine. I, I think it's um, a bit of the old stage of there and he's just missing a bit more pre-season, <laughs> yes. you know, having that... You know, he's, he, he's fine, uh, but he, obviously he rolled his ankle, but it's, yeah. uh, it's not anything serious. Yeah. Um, the plan is for Adam not to play trials anyway. We're just going to roll him out in Vegas, so um, that won't change, and he'll he'll get some good training into his belt um, and in around the team as well, uh, which is very important, but also um, making sure that he's ready for round one over in Vegas.
2: Now, round one is so important, Kevy, as we know. Was there any discussions with your high-performance team and your medical staff around Adam Reynolds and, and with his lower back? That he's had and and hamstring injuries he's had in the past, with the travel going over there and different different climates, was that discussed amongst the team?
6: Well, certainly is, and our our performance staff, like all the clubs now, like because they have so many staff, it's they can really design different programs for different players and the needs that they need. Now, Adam, of course, will be flying business class, so his legs won't even be able to touch the ground. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So I think
6: he's fine. He'll be able, he'll be able, to, he'll be able to stretch out. Uh, probably fit two Adam Reynolds in the hell. He can be able to get in there with him. He, those two fellas. But <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he's fine, and and the travel won't won't bother us too much. It's it's a long flight. It's fifteen hours or thereabouts. But that's not, you know, that's not much for our boys. they will handle that. Okay, mm-hmm. mate.
3: With the with the Vegas trip, I mean, there's been a bit of talk about. You know, clubs being concerned about training grounds and this and that. But I, I'd i have to imagine you, you've mm. probably done a bit of recon over there. You've probably got your setup all, all, all ready to go by now. Is that right? Or no? no
6: that's right, Manny. I had to put the self myself and head over there <laughs> um, to find the right. Myself and, the, and, the, and Joe
3: McDermott, who's our.
6: Uh, no, we didn't allow Alfie. Alfie
3: <laughs> no, that's probably he's a good only thing. Going to
6: Vegas once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, we went over there and we'll, we'll be doing. Majority of our preparation at the Adelaide Rams uh, at their training facility in, in LA and then we're going to trip over to Vegas uh, on the Thursday night for the Saturday game. So we'll just need our captain's run in Vegas and we've got some, some options there um, for that as well. So yeah, we're, we're sorted mate. We're, that, that trip was very good for us, myself and Joe. It's actually yes. nice to see you know, where we're staying and where we're training you know, while we're there which is obviously really important.
3: Was that the Adelaide Rams
6: or he the, the a- a- LA Rams? LA
2: Rams, not <laughs> the Adelaide Rams. yeah. LA <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rams. Right. Hey, I call them the Adelaide yeah, Rams. Yeah, you did. You did. You think carrots uh, old yeah, days? <laughs> hey, um, yeah. hey, a Kev...
6: hall of famer down there. I know. Yes, I know. Serious. Yeah,
2: dominated, dominated the Adelaide Oval. The century, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, talking about Alfie, and um, is it true he's not allowed back there after the '87 State of Origin series when he won that bodybuilding competition? <laughs> <laughs> he got third, didn't he? When he was in the no. LA yeah
6: that's right he, he did he ran third uh in the lovely legs as well so he what's going to happen he, they're staging that event again 30 years later so Ralph he's nominated <laughs> again i'm sure he'll be fine but yeah look um but it's pretty exciting for our fellas oh, Vegas, would be. you guys have obviously been there yeah. yourselves but it, you know it can be a place where if you you know if you want to find trouble you will so we've got to be very careful there with our boys and that's the reason for not being there too long but we're we're actually really excited about being there and that the stadium there um is magnificent it's it's world class it's only you know two or three years old and all the facilities and if we can get a full house there, it'll be a great experience for our boys to to entertain and and regardless of the result the, the long term um um benefits Benefit. that we get as a club from you know touring together and and just spending some time together is amazing and really valuable'
2: They'd be outstanding now i I love the move you know, at this stage, if it's, if it's all going to go to fruition, Selwyn to centre, if that's the way it goes. But tell the listeners, yeah. I've been talking about this kid for a couple of years now, mm. Kevy. but just tell the listeners what to expect from a, a really good athlete. By His name's Dean Mariner.
0: Yeah,
6: well, yeah, super quick. I mean, he's one of our quicker boys, you know, over the 10 metres and also over the 40. He's had, had some experience in the NRL. He played a few games for us last year. But, yeah, he's just good anticipation, very strong, typical young kid coming through, he's got a lot of confidence and yeah, it's very exciting for us as a club to, to give him an opportunity this season, he's been parked behind a couple of players over the last couple of years but that's opened up for him now and um, he'll get every chance to, to show us what he can do, particularly in the early rounds you know, of the competition
2: Hey now, uh, we're going to play some audio here uh, Kev, it's when we interviewed Billy last year and it's about whether it's coach, whether it's Kevy, whether it's dad, this is what he had to say that so at training, is it Kevvy or Dad?
6: Yeah, I, I call him Kevvy. I think I've only swapped up maybe two or three times the whole time I've been here at the moment. Um, <laughs>
5: but, yeah, Kevvy as much as possible.
2: Does he Do the players pick up on it if he calls you Dad?
6: He, he doesn't call me Dad. He doesn't call me Dad at training.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he calls me Kev
6: all the time. He's lying to us. I think us. that sounds weird. But we've well, we got, we got a bit of a relationship where while we are at training and the like, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him to call me Kev. But outside of that, um, he calls me cab anyway, so he doesn't listen to him. That's one of the things he needs to get better at. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But
6: it, it's not, it's actually great coaching your, your, your kids, and I'm sure you guys have done it at different levels. And even, like, I'm so thrilled to have Bill in the club, and, you know, I make a lot of noise around in meetings and the like. If Billy does something good or bad or whatever, we always sort of make sure that it's noted and, and the club and the players sort of understand it. So... We've got a good working relationship, and um, and the good thing for Bill is his best foot is still, I believe, is in front of him. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. progress last year and um, working on little things in his game this year again to be a better player for us, which we're, we're going to need.
2: And I think the good thing for his game too, uh, Kev, is that he knows he's got young are young coming up his behind mm. too. It's, it's good. It's, it's good for yeah. the competition, isn't it?
6: Oh, it certainly is, and, and Corey Pakes is parked in there as yeah, well. He's, yeah. got, he's not without ability and Tyson
2: Smoothie, so... We are,
6: you know, blessed uh, with some, some good number nine. So, Billy's, you know, the competition, that's what drives teams,
1: mm, you know, all, all the
6: way is that strong competition w- within the training. And even in the post-sessions when when you've got, you know, good competition for spots, it makes it really competitive. And uh, that's what we have. We're very fortunate at the moment. We've got some good depth in that, particularly in that position, which is driving all the players to be better, yeah. Hey, mm. Kevy,
2: uh, thanks for taking time, mate, mate to, to join us. I know you've got a busy schedule, but... Uh, good luck for round one. Enjoy over in Vegas, I'm yeah, sure you mate, will. Yeah, be a uh, Yeah, thank you very much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, you two day. blokes love
6: it. That's all good. Now, I know you two blokes love a jacket, so we expect to see you in
2: Vegas. <laughs> we'll right? be doing and our best. As we'll Yeah, <laughs> we'll we find out best. in the next good couple you, of days. Yeah, Thanks see you, mate. Brother. Catch you later. <laughs> good on
1: you. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Solomona finding Fitzgibbon. He's over the line, Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon's over. That's a try. A try for Sydney
2: Roosters. I'm thinking David Solomona. That would have been the 2000 grand final mm. against the Brisbane Broncos. 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 Yeah. And we promised him earlier on, and he's on the line here on Sports Day. Cronulla Sharks, head coach and all-around great guy. Craig Fitzgibbon joins us. How are you, Fitzy? Yeah, fellas. How are you? Yeah, really well, really well. Now the pre-season, I've... I'm pretty sure you would have loved the preseason as a player. I used to love them. Rat, you've said you love the
3: preseason. Yeah, mate, I got into it. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. As
2: a coach now, when you've got to uh, look at the the preseason for the upcoming seasons, has, has anything changed over the last the the other two that you've since being a head coached? Uh, yeah, you're probably probably better
0: prepared than the first, definitely the first one. I'm, I'm assuming, but yeah, kind of a little bit of consistency there with. Uh, knowing what your players are to expect. We've had a pretty stable squad. So, mm. uh, a lot of things have helped their consistency level to how we train. And we, we try and stay pretty consistent in that realm. So, that's helped a bit. But, yeah, you're always ready for curveballs. You're pushing the boundaries on um, performance there. So, you probably want to push your players to a point of simmering and not breaking. And sometimes those lines get a little bit blurred. But it's been um, so far, um, yeah, the boys have been pretty. Pretty committed and pretty excited.
3: So, no complaints about training too hard, mate? You haven't had any of those?
0: Dale, you know that? (laughs) All we do is complain. 20 players. Whether they're, mate, you could train soft, they'll complain about that. Train hard, they'll complain about Uh, that. But, I've got to say that the boy in Foreign Week got a pretty pretty, um, easy going bunch that are pretty trustworthy of the staff and and the performance guys, and whatever gets um, put in front of them. Um, there's generally a pretty good acceptance of what's coming and that's the that's the level we're at as a as a club we are um you know we're not sitting comfortable with where we're at and we're constantly trying to push those boundaries so when your players are acutely aware of that and um they respond in the way they're they're training at the moment but um yeah there'd be 16 other clubs saying the same thing
3: yeah mate did you uh, did you bring any outside influences in to, the, to this pre-season mate? like any army camps or anything
0: um, yeah, we did a like a modified one. We, all, we sort of do a, a season each season for three years in a row now, we've like to get the boys out and about in our own area where we're from, where we represent, we sort of get out the sand out the Kernel and, and hit the beach and, and the tracks out there and we sort of modified a bit of um a bit of army work, a bit of grunt work and a bit of a uh, bit of teamwork into that. Um, that's sort of been um we want that to be pretty consistent as part of our pre season and um, yeah, that, that works well in, in essence. It's not it's clearly not rugby league, but there's some takeaways you can, um, you know, you can put into your, into your season. And it wasn't, um, it was kind of just a nice way to sign off on the first six weeks of training. To be honest.
2: Now, once upon a time, Fitz, the you know the big big test was the beep test, but it's all about the, this one, new one called the Bronco now. So, is, do do we do the beep test in rugby league anymore? or Is that is that history?
0: Yeah, no, I haven't seen it for a while. Eh? I think um, I think it's more about the bronco. I think there's still a few Yayo tests going around, which are, the, the Yayo is probably a little bit more similar to the beep, where um, yeah, it's a recording and you're following um, following the obviously the progression of each level that you get to. But yeah, we we're sort of using the bronco a little bit, and when and where you use it can drastically alter. Their scores. I mean, we put one at the end of training the other day just to see where they're at. It was interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, it's a good metric. You basically you just want just on a baseline of where you guys are at, and then you want to just test again to see if they've um, they've, they've taken some um, you know they've taken some improvements on board. And um, you know again, someone might be good at a Bronco, but you got to put a foot in their heads at some point as well and make some decisions in and around it.
2: Around the conditioning, Fitzy, who's who's the usual suspects? Who are the guys that are uh, pretty much always uh, up the front?
0: Uh Blake Blake Bailey's a uh, um, yeah, he's freaky, and um, he's got an uncanny knack of um, I can't sort of challenge him, he looks like he's cruising. He's not; he's pushing himself, but he just gives the impression he's doing it easy. Blake, but he's um. Yeah, i have to say Blakey would be the fittest guy, but Nico, Nico runs really well. And um, a couple of younger guys training with this young kid called Tommy Rodwell. He, um, he gives, uh, it's Brett Rodwell's son, actually. He gives, nice. he gives Blake a bit of a hard time for a while there. He trains good, but um Blake's the standout when it gets to that sort of stuff, though.
2: Hey, just I'm, I was going to ask you a little bit later on about Blake Braley, because you know, we, we love him. Rat especially just has been waxing lyrical about him in the last 12 months. He can't be that far from a Blues jersey. I know you've... I know he's one of your players, and you'll always push him. But purely from a performance and a fitness, mm. and his his passing ability, and he's durable as well. He can't be that far away, Fitzie.
0: Ah, uh, no. would of the thoughts, so. Like clearly, they they brought him into camp last year, and um, yeah, that was obviously a, a sign of um, a sign that he's in their thoughts. But with um, with Madge taking over, I'm not quite sure what Madge will want to do there, and. Um, well, it was nice to know for Blake that he is in the shop window, but he's also... Blake's not comfortable with where he's at, and he thinks he's got more in him. And, yeah, you'd really trust where he Like, obviously, a, a hooker that can play 80 at the level he does in the middle, and he mm. gets taken on a bit. And I don't think he's... Um, I don't think anyone would doubt his toughness, but the thing Blake could do if you wanted to pick two hookers with with a fresher Blake and a faster Blake you might have some impact as well so it's up to imagine the selectors of course on what they do there but I, uh, yeah you're right you do you, you, you kind of it's not like you feel obliged to push your own players, but there's some players you coach that you think, yeah, I think he'd
3: handle it, and I think he'd handle it. Mm. Yeah, great tackle technique too. Yeah. It's just for a little guy, they go at him and he just, he just chops them down. That mate, now funny. I wanted to congratulate you on the signing of Adam Fenua Blake, mate. It's a, it sort of flew under the radar. It sort of came out of the blue that the Sharks had signed him. Now, you know, a lot of people in my circle – you know, we, we love the sharks, and and we, we sort of we sort of racking our brain over the last sort of couple of years. What are we missing? You know, like we've got a great back row, we've got you know strike centres, finishing wingers, great halves. Is Adam Vanilla Blake the missing piece of the puzzle that you think you needed to take you to that next level? Um, look,
0: he's still he's still a season away. Our, our intentions, we think we can win without him, and then keep winning yeah. with him. So um, that's that's sort of the line we've made. One thing, and you can't. Um, you've got to really force, you've got to be careful. I don't want making excuses on what you might, might have been missing, been missing yeah. but we seem to have had for the last two years really inconsistent middle rotations where we just haven't had our best middles available when it's crunched on. And it's happened a few years in a row and um, we've had this rotation between our big men where some consistency around them and leaving them there, I think they've got thing about all of our big fellas, I actually think we've all got improvement in them. Um, so, gee, I like the thought of adding Adam to them, though. Um, that's the reason we went and, um, and pursued him and felt like, you know, we're we're pretty stable. We've got a pretty stable squad, a young squad, inexperienced squad, so we're all like, OK, if we're going to sign a player, we need someone that's going to move the needle for the, for the club, the team, and particularly in, in the leadership space and it just turned out that Adam popped up right in time, and um, yeah, we we're we we're pretty we we're obviously very excited by that. But it is still a long way away, and um, we've got to we've got to get our jobs done. So he's walking into a, a strong outfit, mm. and we're we're confident if we get those medals fresh, um, we get them on the field at the right time. that they've still got some levels in them.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah taking nothing away from the middles that you got there, you certainly got some good ones, mate you're at the back end of the preseason now um I just wanted to ask is there is there any boys in your squad that you've been really surprised by maybe their development uh with their game or the size that they've put on They've really just knuckled down this off season and and surprised you oh, i think um I've probably
0: got a yeah you know, like you, you know, you're, you guys would know this well, you've got your soldier like guys that you just, you know they're just going to turn up, like your Dales and Camps, they just don't negotiate on any effort they just walk in the door and go, right I'm going to give you the best version of myself, but I've got to say, Blake um, he's walked back in and, you know, it was, the first thing he said was, I'm just sick of watching watching these semis go past I want to get deeper, and he, the way he's preparing, training he's hungry, and Nico's in the same line, of, you know, Nico's Still had a buddy strong year at the end. He, he, he debuted for New South Wales in Australia by the end of the year and got us to the semis there, but he's um he's come back in knowing he wants more. And because of the opportunity that was given to Braden Trimble, um, we've never seen Tricky at the level of commitment and physicality and um, fitness he's at, too. So, all three spine members that are going to be crucial to us, but also. You know, they've only played six games together, so we're excited Mm -hmm. by that, but also we've got to let that develop and grow, and, you know, we went into a semi-final series with Connor at the back there, and um, those guys hadn't spent any time on the field together except for the last six weeks, so trying to get some stability and cohesion amongst them, but thankfully they've all walked back in the door, Um, obviously Connor's at the dogs now, but Willie and they've walked back in ready to rumble, and... Um take it um take it to a new level but we're still still got a few weeks uh, training to go and um, yeah we'll we'll find out where we're at with the whips and cracking and um,
2: come down one. Great stuff, <laughs> hey. It's always good to catch up with your fits. Um, love to hear how the uh, the Sharkies are going leading to round one and good luck for the start of the season, mate. Thank you for joining us on Sports Day.
0: Yeah, no worries, thanks me, boys. This is
1: Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today.
2: Yes, Chris Nilsson from Racing Queensland uh, joins us each and every week. And the racing action continues, so every day across the Sunshine
5: State. How are you? That It does, Sats. I'm going very well. How are you? Very, very well. So uh, what's happening this weekend? Saturday we race at the Sunshine Coast. And we have a listed race there. It's, it sort of brings the uh, Summer Carnival to an official close with the listed Sunshine Coast Cup, uh, the feature race on the day. We, we race at Ipswich as well, and that's it. That's it for Saturday, Sunny Coast and Ipswich. And then we go to, uh, we go to Cairns on Sunday. That's probably weather-willing. Weather yeah. We'll see what happens with the cyclone up that way. Uh,
2: of course, gamble responsibly, but load us up. What are we putting our money on this weekend?
5: Here we go. Big day at the sunny coast. Race 1, number 2, Ringer's Reward. Backs up from last week. Hard to beat. 1,600 suits. Race 6, number 5, Golden Boom. Short and sweet. He'll lead and that's the end of it. And race uh, race 8, number 5, Chatty Lady in the Cup. Uh, the Sunshine Coast Cup. I think she's great value at around uh, probably 7 or $8 by the time they jump. I think she'll run really well. And race 9, number 1, Hatchet. He can chop his rivals up in race number nine. I think he'll return to the winner's list. I love how confident you are with all of those. Yeah, you really sold them well. Well done. Well done. (laughs) Check out
2: racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. And chances are, like we said, you're about to lose. So for free and confidential support, visit the website, gamblinghelponline.org.au. Chris Nelson, have a great weekend and talk to you next week. You too, Sats. All the best.